Welcome to the Early Career Moves Podcast, the career strategy podcast for BIPOC folks in their 20s and 30s trying to figure out their next career move. I'm your host, Priscilla Weninger Bolcha, Latinx career coach, former talent recruiter, and human capital management consultant. Each Friday, I'll share an actionable tip to help you on your career change journey so that you can job search with confidence, land amazing job offers, and get on with your life. Let's get started. Hey everyone, how's it going? I am excited to introduce to you Andrea Masick on today's show. She is a career coach and today we're going to talk about what to do when you reach a career dead end. A career dead end could be a variety of different things. It could be an unexpected layoff. It could be graduating into a recession and not having the career opportunities that you thought you were going to have. It could also be studying something, getting a degree in something, and then getting your first job in that degree or in that subject, then realizing that it's not a fit for you or that you just don't like it. Career dead ends can come in so many different ways. Earlier this year, you probably heard in the news people talking about quiet quitting and even quiet firing. There are career dead ends that people reach in different points of their lives for different reasons. And oftentimes, this can kind of spark an identity crisis. And that's partly because in the US, we tend to conflate our personal identities and who we are as people with the jobs that we do. That's a different conversation. But the more that we do that, the harder time we have when when we do reach these career dead ends. So on this episode, Andrea is going to open up about her own personal experiences, what she's done, how she has tackled those personal obstacles when she has reached career dead ends, but also how she helps clients who are in that space of confusion, I don't know what to do next type of feeling. All right, can't wait to hear what you think of this episode. A quick little note also for my audience, I will not have a new episode for the remainder two weeks of 2022. I'll be back in 2023 in January, continuing on season three I am taking off the next two Fridays for the holidays, and I hope that you also take some time for yourself, for self-care, spend time in community with family, people who you care about, who care about you, and I will see you on the flip side. All right, let's move on to the show. I would love for you to introduce yourself to our audience and hear a little bit about your own background and what it is that you do today. Yes. So I am currently a full-time career coach and I focus on mid-professional career women who are looking to make a career transition and do something new. So that that full-time job as a career coach was birthed out of my own experience of successfully pivoting my career over the last 14 years. I have successfully changed industries, job titles, done a variety of things and all without being the quote end quote right candidate without having the right credentials, the you know, what's supposedly supposed to be the right type of experience. So I really perfected a way to gain clarity for myself and understand what it takes to successfully, excuse me, make career pivots without having to start over. So that is what I do now. And it's really just such a pleasure to do that for women and support them and really creating change on their own terms and without creating compromise in that. So very high level, but that's what I do now. 
Yeah, very cool. So I would love to hear before we get into the work that you do with clients, just hear a little bit about your own journey and, you know, making those transitions. So maybe take us back to, you know, college and what you studied. What did you think that you were going to be when you grew up? Oh, yeah. Back in the day at what the age of 18, when you have no (laughs) idea what you're doing with your life and you're told to like choose the rest of your life. Yeah. So like many people who are entering college or going to community college or trying to figure out what's next as they enter adulthood, I thought I was going to be a doctor. And that also stems from being a first generation child. My parents are from the Caribbean and it was a lot like a lot of parents who really are first gen- or have first generation children, they are putting career aspirations and dreams on their children of what they know, what they feel comfortable with and what they what feels safe for them. So that dream was put on me and so I knew very early on in my college career that was not for me. What I did know was that helping people was a part of who I am that was always in my nature. But I realized that being a doctor was not my path forward. (laughs) So (laughs) I had to tell my parents that I was removing my pre-med track and doing something else. So I really learned how to pivot and transition right then and there. So I picked a new major. I was very savvy. And I actually ended up finding a visiting professor that was teaching business psychology. And that sparked a new interest for me and then went on to get my master's from there in business psychology. And so that opened up a new world for me. So I didn't really know until college that I could help people outside of being a psychiatrist or a doctor or some sort of medical professional. So opening up a world to myself through my own research, my own networking was really powerful. So that's where I started. (laughs) So that was my first pivot. And then I went to graduate school, got my master's. And then my next big pivot was right after graduation. I was a 2008 grad out of graduate school. And so as many people know, that was the Great Recession and the market like we're, we've been experiencing for the last couple of years was just not what I anticipated coming out of graduate school. So I had to pivot immediately. And instead of going into a big consulting firm that I thought I would be working for, I ended up networking my way into higher education. And I very unexpectedly landed in the career services office, helping students figure out their career path. And it was honestly a dream job that I never knew that I wanted. And it was a fantastic experience. And that honestly is what created a a strong foundation for my career and ultimately is what I came back to now full circle 15 years later, or 14 years later, rather, as a career coach. So very high level. I'm happy to go deeper, but that's just kind of where I started. Yeah, very cool. And so did you grow up in Chicago or somewhere else? No. So I grew up in right outside of Tampa, Florida. So as I mentioned, yeah. So living in Chicago was accidental. As I mentioned, my parents are first generation. So I was actually born in New York and Buffalo, New York. And then my parents moved us to, I say us, I have a twin sister. Yeah. So we moved to Florida and I was raised there through, you know, elementary to college and then moved away for college, excuse me, graduate school, moved away to graduate school. I was in Tennessee for graduate school. And then my twin sister during the time I was in graduate school had started medical school in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. And we really missed living near each other. So she lied and said Chicago was not very cold. So <laughs> that's <laughs> a rough transition. Yeah. Yeah. So I ended up in Chicago and thought I'd be there for two years. I was there for 14. So. <laughs> Wow. Very cool. Yeah. Okay. So you're no stranger to pivots and it seems like you're comfortable with that, right? Yeah. Now, maybe after all those years. Seasoned transition. (laughs) Yeah. 
So, and you know, I think that I'm sure you've worked with plenty of people who come to you feeling like confused and maybe at a dead end situation trying to figure out what is my next step? How did you first uh, learn to manage, you know, uncertainty, especially during a recession, right? Like that's really tough Um, or even just realizing like this isn't for me. How have, how, what helped you navigate those tough moments? No, great question. So I think the first thing with any transition is to really understand what type of transition you're dealing with. So in my case, that was unexpected, right? That was given to me. <laughs> I did not ask for that. So when that happens, much like we've experienced again through the last you know, two and a half, almost three years with the pandemic, and now we might be in a recession by the time this comes out, we may be. Yeah. It's really, I had to come to terms with the fact that this was not the reality or the career beginning that I was anticipating, nor had I planned for. I mean, I'm a I'm a quintessential type A personality. So my plan to the plan like was not happening. <laughs> so <laughs> it was really just having to come to terms with that and then regrouping and getting clear on what it is that I actually wanted to do now that situation had changed. So that was the that would be the very first thing I would tell people is really understand what type of transition that you're in. So did you choose it or did you not choose it? Yeah. Yeah. And then like maybe changing your mindset or adjusting your mindset to meet the obstacle because they are different in nature. Yes, 100%. So now that took a lot of, to your point, mindset and a lot of self-coaching. And I didn't have those terminology. I didn't have those words or that terminology, you know, back in 2008. I'll be honest, I didn't even know coaches like myself existed then. Mm -hmm. So I really leaned heavily into my family, into my friends, into my network. But really, I think the biggest resource for me was myself and really getting very in tune with who I was then, you know, what, again, what my situation was, what I really wanted with this new situation. So that's really a pivotal skill set is to really get clear with yourself and get connected to that because that's what's going to help you go forward in that transition. Yeah. Yeah. So when you work with folks who are coming to you kind of in a space of, I don't know, or confusion in terms of where Mm -hmm. to go next, do you have, for example, like a, a process or activities or just things that you suggest for, for someone to do who is feeling like, I just don't know what to do next. Yes. I have a whole coaching program on that. <laughs> so I have a basically a three part process that I guide my clients through to make sure that they can understand again, like what's happening. So really what I've and working with career changers for the past, formally for the past three years in my business. And then throughout my really 14 year career, I've done change management throughout my career, which is also supported me with my business. The main thing is that we usually do know what we want, but it's a source of fear or frustration, usually fear that's really stopping us from going forward. So usually one of the first things I do with my clients is understanding, okay, is this something that you really are confused about? Or is there fear that's coloring the confusion? And typically it's the fear of, a failure of rejection of what people are going to think of them, what their family is going to think of them, you know, will it work out? So that's one of the first things we work on. So as you mentioned, mindset is the absolute foundation of any career transition that I'm working on with the client. Yeah, I really like that. The idea that I don't know can be 
such a blocker, right? Like it's like yes. almost like immediately putting up a wall on creativity and problem solving when we just say, well, I don't know. It's almost just like putting up a, just a wall or, or like a red stop sign, right? So 100%. Yeah. Yeah. And to your point, that creative solution is there to your point. Like we, we have an idea of what it is. It's just the fear of I've never done this before. And so what will happen if I do that? Mm -hmm. So it's really the fear of the unknown. So yeah, good point. Another thing you mentioned is this idea of like, what will other people think of me if I make Mm -hmm. this decision? Does that come up pretty often in your conversations? A hundred percent of the time. (laughs) (laughs) Because so many of us were socialized to achieve a certain thing or be a certain way. And especially as women, we have a lot of societal pressure on us from different parts of our lives. So from family, from friends, from ourselves, from coworkers, from bosses, from society in general of what you should be and what you're expected to be. So I always say those are the shoulds. And so one of my hallmark sayings to my clients is stop shoulding all over yourself. I'm saying I should do this. I should be this because that is ultimately at the end of the day, what someone thinks about you. Oh, Rachel Hollis says this. Rachel Hollis says what someone else thinks about you or what their opinion is of you is not, is none of your business. Right. Mm -hmm. But that's really hard to overcome because we are, we're social beings. We want approval. We want validation. And so it really is hard for my clients sometimes to accept and move on from it's okay if people don't agree with you. It doesn't make you bad. Does it make you selfish? It doesn't make you wrong. What's also really interesting about the fear of what other people will think is that when you actually write down who you think everyone is, it's only yeah. like a few people. <laughs> like it's not actually yeah. everyone. It's like, I feel like it's hard to even get to like five or six people. There's that. And then there's also most people are just thinking about themselves the whole time. A hundred percent. We walk around worried about what everyone else thinks. And most of the time, yeah, like we don't even pay attention to other people. And really it's our own perception of what we think other people will be thinking about us when really they don't care. Yeah. So I'm going to use myself as an example, you know, as a first gen child and having the expectation of being a doctor, you know, my twin sister is a doctor. So that was the right path for her. And she is so fabulous at that. And she is a fantastic physician. So I, for me, was getting over the perception or the image of what my parents wanted me to be and me healing that and getting over my own ego of, okay, even if I'm not a doctor, that doesn't mean they're going to think any less of me. They're not going to love me any less. So a lot of my transition through my career was me learning how to trust myself And that is also a core foundation of coaching that I work on with my clients is learning how to trust themselves and their decisions and moving themselves through a transition. So that's something I had to learn too. And now I've really, am very, I'd say I'm 99% there as an expert, you know, I'm human. So there's always days where like, Oh, I don't know. But yeah, for the most part, that's been a really strong thing that I want people to know as they make a transition. Yeah, I think we're so hard on ourselves, especially as first gen, like children of immigrants, women of color. And there's a lot of like compare and despair that can happen. Yeah. And you know, one one thing that I've noticed sometimes working with folks is just like how triggering it can be for them to like be on LinkedIn. Like just being on LinkedIn mm-hmm. and seeing everyone's wins or like their highlight reels. Like this person got promoted. My friend got this job at this company. And sometimes I've actually coached them. If it really is that triggering, like set the alerts, 
you know, schedule the time, but don't like just, you know, scroll and doom, you know, it can be really harmful. Was that something that you had to work on with the compare and despair in your career as, as well? Absolutely. And I will say the time I started my career, I mean, social media was prevalent, but not in the pervasive way it is now. You know, so I was stepping into career into my career in 2008. So, you know, Facebook had been around for a little while, you know, Instagram really, if it was around, I was not on it. But it is natural, especially I have to say, you know, as a twin, I have a fantastic solid relationship with my sister, who is my twin, but Being a twin, there's a natural comparison that happens when you're a twin, let alone I was a high achiever. I was in a high achieving circle of friends growing up and then all through college, all through graduate school. So yes, a hundred percent. I felt like the odd woman out. All of my friends were, you know, seemingly successful, right? So they were on the career path. It was very linear. They went from, you know, college to grad school or med school and then got the job. And so I felt very yes, compare and despair. I felt that heavily as the person who's trying to navigate and figure things out. And I was, you know, changing jobs. So yeah, I felt a lot of that until I realized a lot of my friends were miserable, even though their path seemed successful and was linear, they really weren't in a career that they wanted to be in. And I was being brave enough to pivot and find myself and figure myself out and become really fulfilled in my career. Yeah. Yeah. And I think it also takes, you know, kind of like, doing a little bit of self-reflection and inventory of like what are your strengths and what are your superpowers and what makes you special. Because if we're just always looking outwards at like what others have and we don't have, we totally miss what's right in front of us and what we bring to the table. I would agree. And I say this to my clients a lot. You know, we have a a lot of us, when you're going through a transition and to your point with the compare and despair, we tend to have this default setting where we become experts in other people and that doesn't get us anywhere, right? Like we know what Priscilla is doing. We know her curl career path. We know where you went to school. <laughs> like we know everything about you, right? But we don't take that same interest in ourselves. So that is also one of the main things I do with my clients is we go deep into what are your skill sets? What are your hard skills, your soft skills, your talents, your natural gifts? Because you know, I know people hear this a lot, but it's the truth. Your uniqueness and your brand that you create is 1000% valid. And that needs to be shared because the way that you approach something, Priscilla, is going to be different the way I approach it, even if we're in the same job in the same company. Yeah. no. Totally. So yeah, it's really important that people get very curious about themselves and become experts in their skills and their talents so they can communicate that to employers. Yeah, definitely. I love the just the phrase that you use, like being an expert about, like on yourself and being able to mm-hmm. about yourself is a great way to put it. It's not an exercise that we're ever really taught to do like in school no. or in jobs necessarily. So, you know, that whole value proposition, like what do you bring to the table? How do you communicate that powerfully? I mean, that for me has been a game changer in in like getting interviews, getting jobs, like just being able to tell tell the story of like how I got here. One thing that I've noticed with career changers, there's sometimes like a fear of, well, I don't have X or Y experience. However, am I going to be able to do this totally different? In in their mind, it's like a radically different job, but there's actually, you know, very transferable skills. And I always say that the piece that's missing is just like you connecting the dots and telling the story of how your experiences actually apply to this seemingly very different role. Is that something that you also work on? Yes, 100%. So that's our connection phase, as I call it, in my program. 
So that involves, again, that deep dive into looking at what are your skills. So once we know what your skills are, then we want to understand how are you going to use them in a new industry? Because so often, again, people on the surface think they know what they're capable of or think they know their skills, but then they lack that connection to how it works in another industry. So if I use myself as an example, you know, I, I came out with a master's degree in business psychology and then went to the career center and I could have easily said, okay, I have no skills to like be advising students. But at the end of the day, I absolutely did. I was going to be working as an HR business partner initially in a, in a corporate setting. And so I know how to, I, you know, triage for, you know, for problem solving, to communicate with people, to create relationships, to build relationships, to help them through change. And so those were all the core skills I needed to be a successful career advisor working in the career center. And so, and those are the key skills and talents that have taken me throughout my career as a change management leader, as a business partner. So it really is getting clear on what is it that you have and how does that connect? Because to your point, it's not the employer's job to connect the dots for us. Like they don't know what your past is or your present and what you're doing. You do. So it's your job to connect those dots for them. So there's definitely an area where we spend a lot of time together when I work with clients of really understanding how do you connect the dots? So to make that really concrete, one of the exercises I do with my clients is we'll dissect a job description. So we will go line by line through a job description <laughs> and really interpret, okay, when the employer is says, this is what they're asking for. If you see this skill set, this is what this could translate to. So I walk them through that connection point so that we can conform a very powerful communication plan to put on their LinkedIn profile, on their cover letter, on their resume. Yeah, like tailoring your skills to the, to what they're asking for. I always think of it as like, like it is really a market, right? It truly is a marketplace yes. for talent. And so it's like when you're looking to buy a townhome mm-hmm. with like two bedrooms or whatever, like if you don't fit that, like you're not going to be considered as a townhome. <laughs> You know what I mean? Uh, right. So exactly. It's, it's actually like a very clear process. It's very, it's more like, yeah, it's more common sense than you would think, right? I would agree. And so many people make, and they don't intend to, right? They make the mistake of just skimming the job description and think they've read all the information that they need when really they're missing a lot of details. So I love that example you just gave. If the job description is saying townhome, but you're saying condo, you mm. think that's the same thing, but it's not. They might not. <laughs> <laughs> you know, recognize condo as the same as a townhome. Yeah. So it's really about like using their language, but in a way that it connects the dots for again, what you can do for them. Yeah, I would love to hear about your decision to go full time on your business. I'm sure especially yeah. as a trailblazer, like first generation, like that's a big <laughs> deal to do that it takes a lot of bravery, a lot of like risk taking, you know, I don't know. It, I still haven't gotten the nerve to do anything like that, but I admire it a lot. What made you say this is the right time and what has that journey been like? Yeah, well, thank you so much for saying that. And I will be fully transparent in the decision-making <laughs> process. So one, I did, had never really heard the word entrepreneur until a couple of years before I actually made the transition. And I would say, I'm sorry, it wasn't in my world, in my reality all of the time. I'd heard that word, but I didn't know anybody in my space, in my reality that had that title. And I was actually getting married right before I started my business. And I had interacted with a few female entrepreneurs throughout our process. So our wedding planner was an entrepreneur, our photographer was an entrepreneur. And so I accidentally got introduced to female entrepreneurs in a time where I was 
uh, knowing to myself, preparing to enter that space. So I was in a job at the time. This was in 2019. So right before the pandemic, about eight months before the pandemic hit that I did not love. I had transitioned into that role. I thought I did my due diligence. That was my fifth pivot at the time. So I was very seasoned at pivoting. And I admittedly had missed some red flags throughout the interview process. And so I ended up in a job that was very toxic and not compatible with who I was and what I wanted to do. And so I was actually looking at the time to go back into the career development space. I was looking to go back to the career center where I was before. And then I was laid off exactly 30 days after our wedding. Yes. So it was a curveball I kind of saw coming, but didn't know the timing would be as soon as it was. So my job search was then accelerated. So while I was job searching, I was laid off. And then I had already reconnected with some of my old colleagues at the Career Center. I'd been introduced to these entrepreneurs and my coach at the time, I'd been working with a career coach at the time for about six years. And she and I had a conversation and we were doing my skills and, you know, talking about all of the things. And I just said to her, you know, I think I could do this. I think I could do this. I think I could coach on my own. And so she was really influential and in supporting me and testing it out. And so what really helped me was she said, why don't you test it in phases? So why don't you start with coming up with a coming up with the brand, coming up with the logo, like do the fun things and then start by connecting with people, reach out to your network, reach out to your family, reach out to your friends, tell people that you know that you're considering this and that you want to do it. And that's actually how I landed my first client. It was actually somebody that I used to work with and she agreed to work with me. We, she paid me a fee. We did the thing. I was very honest with her that I was trying this out. Yeah. So I never intended to become an entrepreneur. It very much was birthed out of, I'm ready to do something else. I'm evaluating my skills. I'm pivoting again. I'm ready to pivot again. And it was the right time. I was in a position where financially we could take the risk for me to start a business, but we've also evaluated that risk at every phase of business. So I've been doing my business kind of in six month chunks. So every six months, where are we at? What's happening? What's the market like? Where are we at financially as a couple? So I am very fortunate that, and I say that very much, I know how blessed I am to be in this position to do this full time. So I am scared I won't curse on your podcast, <laughs> Priscilla, <laughs> but I am scared. You know what list every single day I do this, but also the thrill of it and the ability to support women to build a career the way that they want on their terms, using their voice, being authentically who they are outweighs all of the fear that I have. The fact that women invite me into their space and let me coach them is my, it's a gift. I am so humbled to do this work. Yeah. So, and it's absolutely what I meant to do. So that overrides all of the fear 99% of the time. <laughs> <laughs> That's amazing. Well, it's very inspiring to hear your story. And you also did it, like you started your business before the pandemic, right? Like right before. Wow. So I officially launched August of 2019 and the pandemic hit in March. So six months later. Yeah. (laughs) All of the curveballs, you know. All of the (laughs) curveballs. And I'm thankful that I'm still in business. You know, I survived the pandemic and my business has grown actually through that time. So I'm very fortunate that has been the case. So, but yeah, it takes much like anything you want. If you're looking for a career change, you starting your, you know, you doing your business too, Priscilla, it's, Mm It takes work. This is not easy. You know, it is, I love doing it, but it is really hard work. 
Yeah. So. yeah. Awesome. Okay. So if someone's listening to this and they would love to, you know, work with you, explore working with you, where can they get in touch with you? Where can they find you? Yeah. So two main places. One, I'm on LinkedIn. So you can find me under my full name, Andrea Jakob Masek. I'm connected with Priscilla. So you can find me through Priscilla. I'm very active on there. And then also my website, which is aimconsulting.com. So Priscilla, I can share that with you and maybe you can link it in the show notes. So those are the two main places I hang out and I'm on LinkedIn every single day posting content. So come find me, say hello, connect. I'd love to hear from any of you. Love it. Well, thank you so much for being here today and being an example of what's possible, especially as someone who's like not always, you know, had a linear path or known exactly what they're going to do. I think that a lot of listeners will really appreciate hearing that story. Yes. And on that note, I will end with a successful career doesn't look linear. It is absolutely full of curves and twists and turns. And to expect that to be linear is actually a very unrealistic expectation that we're given from a young age. So agreed. do your thing. Let it have bumps and curves. That's what's going to make you <laughs> successful. <laughs> Preach. Love it. Thank you so much for listening today. Make sure you head over to ecmpodcast.com slash free course and sign up for my free job search training course. I teach you the three things that you need to know before you go into a job search process. My goal is to help you change careers with confidence and ease so you can move on with your life. I'll see you next week.